Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This second series of the podcast is presented under the banner of COVID Connections, and I will be chatting with several of the fabulous people with whom my path has crossed over these challenging past 12 months. My guest today is Bianca Peel, a travel-loving Celt who believes in the power of empathy, kindness and supportive connections. Bianca is passionate about learning and drawn to the energy we give out and receive. She also loves the outdoors, the connections we find in nature and pursuing a variety of artistic endeavours. So welcome to another edition of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Um, the sun is out, uh, I have coffee, so all is good. And today I'm really happy to welcome Bianca. So good morning, good I'm very happy to be here. And, and this is quite exciting because usually on these, or so far on these podcasts, uh, the COVID connections, I've been talking to people that I've kind of known for a little while. Yeah, um, that's right, yeah. But this is the first time that Bianca and I have actually spoken one-to-one because we our paths have crossed on campfire conversations. Um, yeah. But we thought it'd be kind of fun to just record our, yeah, our getting to know you conversation almost. That's it. Dive straight in, right? <laughs> yeah. So thank you for being brave and up for uh, an experiment. Well, that's what this is all about these days, isn't it? Just be brave. Let yourself be out there. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, yeah. So we will start as ever with me inviting you to share um, quotes. So show and tell, bring your quotes along and then we can oh, see okay. where that takes us. So Fantastic. Go for it. Well, mine's a little bit of a long one. Um, it's one that I came across uh, before I started university and then which actually helped me get through university. Um, it was written originally by Marianne Williamson. And then kind of coined and became famous because of Nelson Mandela. Um, So it's very special to me because I'm actually from South Africa. So hearing it come from the president that changed the world for us was pretty impressive. So I'll begin now. All right, let's see. Um, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Now, I'm not a religious person myself, but I really love the sentiment of this this poem. I do too. And as you've been talking, I'm thinking I have come across that before, but it just is so nice to hear somebody else just, yeah, read it. And um, the words that I'm always drawn to are the, who am I not to? Yes. That's what really draws me into that quote. That's that's exactly what drew me into it as well, because from a very young age, I feel like a lot of people are constantly told what they shouldn't be doing and how they shouldn't be standing out and they shouldn't be making a fuss about something and they need to mind their own business and et cetera. Especially if you come from the UK or Ireland, we've, we've had that ingrained in us <laughs> since we were very young. And I come from a Scottish Irish background, but born in South Africa. So we've got a, a very mixed background in my family, 
um, some of that sentiment of constantly being told, don't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the other sentiment of a country that totally tried to change um, and a history and culture that that promotes that, that uh, promotes letting yourself shine no matter how small you think your light is, that it's just as important as every other. So. Wow. What an really? yeah, what an intriguing mix. Scottish, Irish, South African. <laughs> I know, right? So what, yeah, so you, how much of you is each of those, would you say? How, how, how Scottish oh, or Irish? How, yeah, what, what's your makeup, do you think? Well, well, you'll instantly notice just as I'm speaking, certain words are very Scottish and certain words are very Irish. And then if I get into a groove of talking about South Africa, there'll be a full on South African come out, you know, so it's always been um, it's always been very much a mix. I, I, I wouldn't be able to separate them, really, because they're all intertwined in different ways. Um, growing up in a family who were. Irish and Scottish who'd moved to South Africa during during apartheid and having a father who'd been brought up there from when he was very small so very integrate integrated and ingrained in that culture and a mother who was not into that culture at all it was very interesting to get that balance of people who believed in superiority and and people who didn't who believed in being equal. So, um, yeah, it's a very nice mix. And then you've got all the wonderful background of the Scottish and Irish culture in general, you know, the myths, the stories, uh, storytelling, um, the the heartache, uh, the celebrations, uh, the language. That's my passion is language. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful mix to have. Uh -huh. okay. So when you say your passion is language, what is it about? What's particularly about language draws you in and intrigues you? Oh, God. Yeah, well, I, f I feel that um, language, and when I say language, I don't just mean the spoken word. Um, I mean symbols, uh, pictures, etc. It's It's how we begin to understand each other better. And when the lines of communication, whether it be through uh, visual communication or oral communication, it's... It's all part of helping us to better understand each other, which is why I love it. Um, I love discovering where words come from and realizing how certain things in one language relate to another language. And then you start to understand how easy it is to learn that language or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it is, um, yeah, it is interesting, actually, that um, and there's... Um, Carol, who comes to the campfires, like, yeah. I'm not sure if your paths have crossed and you've been to the same campfire. She's based in the States, sure. but she's really interested in language as well yes, and the origins of once. words. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like you two would have a great connection and a great conversation. Actually, yeah, we were on a campfire recently where um, the, the word mistake came up. Mm. And they asked her where, where she thought that came from. And it was really interesting listening to her take on that and knowing my own take on where the word comes from. And, and then hearing other people look at the word in a different way and say, well, have you ever thought of like in movies, whenever they, they do a scene and it wasn't good, they have to do it again. They say, well, take one, take two. And that was a mistake, a mistake. So it was interesting to look at the word mistake and why why it's got such negative connotations when really it's just, oh, that was just one try that didn't work out. Let's try again sort of thing. Mm, so it is interesting, isn't it? And how yeah. and maybe that comes back to like what you were saying to start with, how we are brought up and how we are yeah how how the, our families and societies around us kind of 
direct us almost to take them. (laughs) It's dead interesting. How did you get involved with the campfires? Oh, there's a good question. So um, I accidentally stumbled across uh, the Creative Bravery Festival launch. uh, Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So it it is really, and this is, you know, this is what interests me about all these, you know, these conversations (laughs) is, you know, I, I just happened to see something on Twitter which led me to sign up to something. Yeah. Where I went. And then from there, um, I've just kind of followed followed the energy. A friend of mine, Liz, talks about following the energy. Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah. And I just, yeah, just kind of there were some really cool people, really nice people, open people, friendly people, welcoming people. And it just, yeah. Before before I know it, I'm ingrained. Um and you know, there's this amazing community of people now that get together and just chat about random things that's it and like you said um you might never have come across these people if it had not been for this unfortunate pandemic mm-hmm. um funnily enough it's um uh, you find yourself in in virtual rooms with these minds that just blow your own mind and make you realize that the questions you have and the the lines of curiosity that you've got are actually valid and that other people are thinking the same way and mm-hmm. And that it's okay. <laughs> so, how did you how did you find the campfires? Well, similar to you, I was um, on Twitter just updating posts for my own um, business, and then um, I came across um, something that was talking about Maker Mondays and a creative sprint. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. So I signed up not knowing what it was and not realizing that it was actually designed to be doing with students at schools. Yeah. And but I thought I'll sign up and. Um, Claire and Jane, who were leading it, um, were very welcoming and encouraged me to stay, even though I wasn't part of a school per se, because um, I, I work with schools or I work with education institutions, but I'm a lone ranger, so to speak. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it was a beautiful experience. It was wonderful to watch how um, the children who got involved in the the um, creative sprint um, fully engaged and and the questions set by Paul uh, as well, who's who's been involved very much, um, was was wonderful. It was how might we and uh, getting everyone to think about real world situations mm-hmm. and creative solutions for how to tackle them. So um, it was very much helping us through that design process, which is really interesting for me because I've been working on content to, with the exact same theme. And um, so it gave me some really good ideas. But then that led for me, led to me meeting Claire and Jane. And they were like, oh, I really loved your ideas. And there was one that was just too too much to get teeth stuck into that we could do in one week. And so they were like, we really want to talk to you again. Um, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And that just came from there. And then Claire was like, oh, you'll love campfires. You need to go along. And I had no idea what it was. And I was half expecting that when I logged in that I'd see Claire and Jane and they weren't there. And I'm like, oh, and it was like, (laughs) it's like one of those, you just walk into like the dance on your own. (laughs) But everyone was so welcoming and it was just so beautiful to, to listen to people talk about these really random things that started off with a question and just went on crazy tangents and got very deep sometimes and then other times just hilarious so. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love that analogy it's like walking into the dance on your own and not knowing what to expect because it is quite strange like it is because 
so quite a few people have sort of been there almost for almost a year yeah so I, yeah it's all yeah it's interesting to kind of think for somebody coming in for the first time into that group how is it and you know because yeah. the you know the, the idea is to welcome like new people lots of people because yeah. the more the more diverse thinking we can get the better that's it. Um, and you think you think that um, that that fear of entering a room of people you don't know would have left you when you left high school. But it really doesn't. <laughs> you still have those reservations of like, oh, what if they don't like me? And what if I say something stupid? And <laughs> it's like the, the dreaded old style networking events when it's just like you oh, go God. into a room and you're like, and I, I. I, you know, I love talking to new people and I love talking, me too but I hate those it's like and it's almost the pressure and maybe that's that is. It. There's, no, there's no pressure in these campfires it's just you turn up as you that's it like like it, it reminds me of a, a Nirvana song come as you are right mm. um and that's what I felt going to the campfire it was very much a come as you are it wasn't like the old networking events like you talked about where you're like hi my name's Bianca and I do this for a living so now you can put me in a box and judge me <laughs> whereas the campfires are nothing of the sort if you want to share what you do for a living feel free but you don't have to and it, it's not what defines you mm -hmm. um, and especially during a time of pandemic when work situations are so unstable and uncertain we're, we're redefining ourselves anyway mm -hmm. where maybe before we would have defined ourselves by what we do as a job now we're more than just our job mm -hmm. for example Oh, yeah, I like that, and it, it it draws me back to the quote, the you know the Marian Williamson quote mm -hmm. in terms of that you know that shining that light and allowing your light yeah. to shine, and it yeah, yeah. so it, it does feel like that quotes yeah at the heart of some of these things in terms of oh, it's, a, big it's, time. A, it's a space where you're able to find out and be who you know find out who you are because sometimes we don't know who we are necessarily because we are so mm. defined and boxed in by yeah. that perception of what we should be. That's it. And this last year, I think there's there has been in some realms, in some areas, people focusing too much on why it's been such a bad year, when really, in other ways, it's all about perception. It could have been a wonderful opportunity. And like you said, an opportunity to discover who you really are, uh, to get to know the people closest to you uh, more intimately and um, just connect better even mm. though we were disconnected funny you know yeah, yeah. and uh, that's, that's definitely been a theme from the, the conversations I've had so far in this series is around how connected people have felt in a weirdly disconnected world yeah and how you can develop you can develop those connections through virtual spaces oh totally and it, it really has brought brought so many questions to mind like there's been so many reports about um, loneliness and disconnect, uh, which is true, and, and I'm not I'm not taking away the the gr the gravity of that situation because it is really um, significant at the moment. Um, but it also brings brings to mind those questions about choice and the the choice to allow your environment to affect affect you, mm. and um, how how do we or how might we as as humans overcome those built-in systems that we have to always focus on the negative or to dwell in what's what's hard what's difficult what's not working mm -hmm. and switch switch the light on and and start to start to recognize that although there's cracks and there's there's dark rooms there's always an, a way for the light to come in kind mm -hmm. of thing 
Yeah, I like so, that. Because I, I was thinking about recently the um about the the constant headlines in the papers about learning loss. Um, being an educator, I I find it really upsetting to read that because just because a child hasn't been going to school doesn't mean they've lost an opportunity to learn. And um, yes, it's been an over, it's a really sensitive subject that I'm bringing up here, but um, an overwhelming and really difficult time, especially for parents who had to work and um, teach at home. And maybe teaching is nothing close to what they're used to. And, um, but teaching can happen in many forms. It doesn't have to be the way it's done in school. Like, encouraging your child to learn how to, to wash their own clothes or boil an egg or you know simple little things that are part of just growth is all also learning mm. so uh, there may be learning loss in terms of academia but there was opportunity for um, growth which is also learning so. mm. and that's interesting isn't it it's about how we define what do we define learning to be mm-hmm. and Maybe it comes back to what you say. You, know, um, you said you know you introduce yourself and say this is what I do, and people immediately put you in that box, and it feels yeah. like almost there's a box that's labelled all well, that's learning, and learning happens at school only in that in environment. Way. Exactly, and you know, and I I feel like I have learned an unbelievable amount in yes. this last twelve months, and it's not exactly. you know I've done I've done my PhD and masters and things like that, and yeah. so I've learned in a formal way. But yeah. actually, the stuff that I've learnt and have become curious about and have got so many questions about now is as a result of the people I've met who've mm-hmm. opened my eyes to other ways yes. and other, and that, mm-hmm. and that feels like you know, and I'm, I value that learning just yeah. as much as just any as much, le- yeah. any letters or qualifications. And that's it, yeah. Like, and I really would love for us to start to work on changing that vernacular of it wasn't a year of learning loss or lost learning it was a year of uh, people in general developing skills in resilience or empathy or compassion or um, you know community even Uh, things that before the pandemic were starting to definitely become things that were becoming lost Mm. Well. so absolutely so I'm yeah. conscious that I think you brought another quote with you you mentioned I did, yeah. <laughs> so I maybe it's a good time because I, I kind of feel like that quote might prompt us and connect with some of the things we've been talking about as well so yeah, yeah I'd love you to share so, that quote oh thank you so this one um again is uh was originally by someone else uh, Theodore Roosevelt but um has recently become quite popular and famous because of the fabulous Brene Brown who we all love to to listen to and and join in her curious questions that she, she brings up to the fore. Um, this one is the uh, daring greatly. Okay. So it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, 
and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. Oh, I've got goosebumps. I love that. I love that so much. And <laughs> I love like that one so much too. Yeah, yeah, and the book and everything that it it, it stands for. Um, and, and interestingly, it takes me back to the mistake um, yes. discussion. Mis- yes. Because that's all about acknowledging and embracing things yeah. that didn't work. That's it, exactly. And in a year where we were locked down and shut out and disconnected in so many ways it's a very powerful quote to remind us that don't be afraid to take a chance on something you believe in or you want to try because it's just it's a try it's a it's a take Mm. and if it doesn't work well just try again so Mm. so it brings a question to mind which I don't know whether it's hard easy or impossible to answer um nothing's impossible no that's true it's just yeah maybe a little. Another, another Nelson Mandela it's only impossible until it's done yeah, absolutely and interest there's a this is I'll come back to my question I will come back to my question but somebody um a women's sport leadership program that I went on um yeah. talk about um impossible being I'm possible yes um, so I love that, that. Yeah, that always springs to mind as well. That's um, really beautiful. Yeah, I like, yeah, I'm stealing that one. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so I'll give yeah Pauline Harrison. I'll give her a name. A name. Yes. she came up with that. Um, awesome. Yeah. So my, I, I, and I, I'm not sure exactly what the question is, but I'm curious about you know what are you daring greatly about at the moment, or what's the most you know what what mm. what have you dared greatly about in in the past, um, and how yeah. How, okay. Well, that's a good one. Um, I've always been someone who to kind of jump into things, um, sometimes without researching it properly. <laughs> but um, the most recent, I think, would have to be um, after the summer last year was uh, the last time I had regular paid work. So I decided to start my own company. And that was scary. And it's still scary. And I'm learning a lot from it. But since doing it, I've I've made some amazing connections and um, I'm doing work that I love. So that's got to be one of the biggest daring great leads um, of most recent times anyway. Yeah, so uh, in the past would be the, the regular hops around the world to live and work. But um, so that's, that's, that's leading me on to two questions. My cool. first, yeah, my first question is, what was it? That, that gave you that push or gave you the courage to go right I'm going to set out on my own this is what I'm going to do um well one thing was that I've been doing similar work for a really long time and and I without wanting to sound big-headed I know I'm good at what I do um and but I'm also outspoken so <laughs> And I also won't um, shy away when I think something could be done better. Um, but I've also learned diplomacy. So <laughs> you find yourself in, in a constant cycle of doing really well in your profession, but not being able to get any higher because you speak your mind um, or because you haven't got that extra piece of paper, um, etc. And so... There, there was two options. One was, okay, how about going on to do further um, study to get those extra pieces of paper um, or to try something completely new and just put into practice all of these transferable skills and expertise that you've developed over 20 years 
and see how you can use them to make other people feel good about themselves and to help other people unlock those barriers that they've they've got in in their view of themselves or in the view of their organizations and things like that so so that was that was it I was just I was tired of not being able to make be the change that I wish to see in the companies that I I worked for and uh, not to say that the companies I worked for were bad that they they've all been fantastic um, companies and I've loved every minute of the things that I've been doing um, and I still liked working with them when I get the opportunity but um, going out on my own is, is is quite a big jump and it's scary and and it's it's by no means an area that I can do full-time yet but it allows me the opportunity to uh, work in diverse projects and things that I'm passionate about uh, so mm. so that's that's I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And there's something, I think there's something about following your heart. And, for, you know, I can, I can definitely, um, you know, empathise with a lot of things you're saying in terms of that scariness, mm-hmm. but also that idea of, I want to do something that feels meaningful to me. That's and ha- how yeah. can I do more? How could I do more of the things that really light my fire and, and give That's me the spark it. that means I can be at my best? Yeah, and I, I I read on your website about um, how you got started, and it it, it kind of resonated with me. Thinking that yeah, that I remember those times of despairing, going, "Am I doing something meaningful here or not?" <laughs> you know, and um, trying to find purpose in in well, we spend a lot of hours of our day working, mm. so. Yeah, we want to make it. Well, I want to make it something that I feel is worthwhile and is is adding to solutions instead of contributing to problems. Really, mm, absolutely, absolutely. And um, so the other question that sparked my mind: yeah. is you talked about your hops around the world, and we've already talked yeah. about South Africa and Ireland and Scotland. So, yeah, I'm just a, you know, what's what's your you know where have you where have you been in the world and how, oh, wow. how what's brought you to how have you ended up in Scotland okay well so we we moved to Scotland when I was uh, just uh, just turned 10 um so we moved here with my mum and uh so I had my teenage years in in Scotland and then as soon as I was as soon as I was 18 and I was old enough to go out on my own and I was comfortable about leaving home I was like I, I went to America. Um, it, it had been my dream to go to the United States since I was very, very young. I was quite obsessed, to be honest, <laughs> which, which is really strange because now I'm not at all. <laughs> but as a child, I was fascinated with anything to do with the United States for some reason. And my mom even thought it was really strange. She was like, what is wrong with my child? What, what is her fascination with the United States? But I just had this really strong yearning desire to go and travel around the state. So um, I signed up to work at a, a fabulous children's camp, summer camp, uh, which is actually celebrating their 111th year this year. Oh, wow. Um, if I may, I wish shout out to Channel 3 Kids Camp in Connecticut. Um, and that was the place that ignited my passion for working with children and working in education and in generally working with people who come from very disadvantaged or diverse backgrounds. Um, so yeah, so I got to go all around the States, which I was like an absolute dream country. But I don't know if you've ever really wanted something so much that if it comes real, 
if it becomes a reality that you just kind of get too overwhelmed. So <laughs> I'm really embarrassed to say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, so every new city we landed in in the United States when we started the backpacking tours, I would vomit with excitement. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> I would get so excited and then, yeah, I would totally humiliate myself. But that lasted only the first summer. Um, so uh, after that, I went over every summer for about four years and went to all the different states that I've ever wanted to visit, um, including Canada, um, up in uh, a few, few of the cities in Canada. Uh, following from that, um, I went to go live in uh, the Netherlands uh, to study. And then I work, worked and lived in France for a while, um, in the Republic of Ireland. And then the most recent has been um, Australia. I just came back from Australia two years ago. And um, now I'm back home, so to speak. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's 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 been a, an exciting journey. Um, so those are the the highlights of places I've lived, but places I've actually traveled and visited. Well, I, we don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing, and it's kind of yeah, it's you traveled all of those places, and it's interesting. You've still, you've you've come back home. So Scotland, yeah. is, is there a sense of Scotland being kind of your your roots and you've talked about really? Scotland, yeah, and Ireland and South Africa and it's so funny that you asked me that because I was talking about this the other day with someone and I was saying how it doesn't matter where I go in the world every time I land in Glasgow Glasgow airport I'm like <sighs> I have this like a oh, home feeling and it's just like someone has just wrapped a really cozy warm blanket around you and you can finally just take a deep breath not to say that where you were before wasn't relaxing, but it just, yeah, it's it's got that special feeling anytime. So it's always been when I land in Glasgow, more Glasgow than any other airport in Scotland. It's Glasgow for some reason. And anytime I've landed in Dublin um, for Ireland, I, I just feel that sense of home, whether it be uh, Republic of Ireland or or Scotland. It's, I, I can't even explain why. <laughs> There's, and, and sometimes sometimes and sometimes we can't explain stuff and there yeah. is no it's just and maybe there's something about the mystery of um the mystery of it all and just kind of going that's yeah. it yeah um a friend of mine she she likes to tell me that she thinks I've lived this lived this life before uh many times and that I was probably very well ingrained in either Scotland or Ireland and in those lives mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's her take on why I feel so at home whenever I come back but um I think it's more to do with the people it's the connections here and the people um whenever I'm abroad as much as I meet some amazing beautiful people all around the world I really miss Scottish people and I really miss Irish people and um but yeah it's it's definitely about connections I think mm. and there's a big Celtic Celtic yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it yeah definitely love that um are, are you, you're not from up here are you where about are you from no so my accent is not Scottish well spotted um so originally well yeah uh, my parents my family all live down in the Midlands in Worcestershire oh, lovely. um yeah. so yeah I've got uh Welsh roots my grandma was from <laughs> West Wales so Sophie who uh, was on the podcast uh, yeah I was listening to your yeah. podcast the other day yeah so yeah if not my grandma was from really near where she lives um I was born I have Scotland. not been to Wales yet That's oh the, you need to go the only part of the UK I haven't been and I'm dying to go yeah so you definitely I definitely recommend Wales it's, yeah yeah and, and 
So, yeah, this North Wales mountains, similar a little bit to mm. Scotland. Um, yeah. A beautiful beach. Language well. fascinates me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, going back to language, I am trying, yeah. I am trying very hard to learn Welsh. Because <laughs> <laughs> my mum's yeah. also trying to learn and my sister-in-law. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it is, it's funny you talked about like the, the words and yeah. you know, how you can make connections with words. And um, so, do you know what? Some of the words... So, for example, I've this week or the last couple of weeks been learning about animals. So I can say yeah. I I like dolphins, which is mm-hmm. Dween Hoffy dolphin. So you okay. kind of get that. And yeah. I don't I don't like sharks. Is Dween Dimon Hoffy shark? Okay. So you can get sharks, but then others, mm. you just look at the words and go like sheep is davad, and you can't make a connection whatsoever. So you would need to you need to go into the root of the word to find the connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Really interesting. I've always been quite intimidated by Welsh because there's so many consonants in words. It it blows my mind. And um, Gaelic as well, Scottish Gaelic and Irish mm. Gaelic. The combinations of letters to create sounds um, is what blows my mind. Yeah, it's funny. Isn't it? So. I'm, we're kind of drawing to the end of this conversation yeah. but I've got so many questions I'm like right we need to carry this conversation on but of course, it's a, yeah. so language I'm, I'm curious language you talked about you know what what's your um what's your favorite like can you have a favorite language Ooh, I don't know well I actually thought about this the other day and I think when when you love language you have what is a favorite well a favorite is yeah to me is something that ignites joy in you or pleasure so um if you think of it that way then I I would look at a language and I'll say I love the way that it sounds or how it rolls off the tongue or and there's definitely it's definitely easier to talk about languages you don't like (laughs) than it is to talk about the ones you do like but um personally English is my first language and I love it in so many ways, but I hate it in so many ways as well, because um, it can be so complicated and so simple, but so complex. It's, it's, I can I can totally understand why English language learners wreck their head on a daily basis. <laughs> um, but in terms of how the languages that I've been exposed to and how they sound, I love I love the sound of French. Um, you can I, I feel like even when you're shouting, it still sounds. <laughs> <laughs> when you're really angry, it still sounds beautiful. <laughs> um, but um, and I, I love uh, the fact that if you learn, in my experience, it might not be the same for other people. I'm 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 trying to learn bits and pieces from Spanish, and as a result of doing that, I can recognize bits and pieces in other Latin-based languages too. So. When I travel to these countries, it makes it a little bit easier for me to pick up what I need to to get by on a daily basis and mm. things like that. But yeah, they're 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 fast. It just fascinates me that, that how they're, they're constructed and and even going back. Um, most recently, I've been um, uh, reintroduced to something that I used to really take an interest in, but kind of lost lost interest for a while, which is sign language mm. and. Um, I'm, I wouldn't begin to say that I know how to do anything <laughs> in sign language other, the al- other than the alphabet. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> me, yeah me too, I think for the alphabet. <laughs> but even just learning uh, from an insider point of view of how beautiful that language is in itself 
as well um, is very interesting for me. So uh, as I said earlier today, when we started, um, for me, language is not, it's not just the spoken, it, it's, it's all the other elements of it too. So um, I started also trying to get a grasp on um, Japanese. That one's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> wow and it, you know I think just um you know just reflecting on this you know short half hour conversation yeah. I do feel, you know and this is I feel like I'm, I'm getting to a picture of you know you as a person you know? oh, so actually you. we've yeah. not talked about work we've not talked about jobs but you know I suppose my reflection are you know somebody who is you know passionate about language who you know loves traveling the world who um always you know breathes a deep sigh of kind of Oh, welcome when you you know return to Glasgow and you know, Scotland yeah. being your home and you know this idea of um mis- you know even just the little things we talked about about mistakes and you know yeah. the, the, the need to be in there doing stuff and being brave and following your heart yes so yeah even in a short half hour conversation those are the pictures that's the picture in my mind I suppose that I'm building oh, about, about you um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that's kind of vaguely I've, I've picked up vaguely right the right things that's, that's right yeah um, I'm, I'm interested in more next time we get to chat to find out more about this beautiful painting or picture behind you I don't know if it's a oh, photograph or a painting. That is a photograph. It is. Of the, did you take it? No, I didn't. My husband did. So it's a picture <gasps> for anybody who uh, I'll paint a picture in, in mind. It's a bit. It's a picture of the Matterhorn, which <gasps> is in Switzerland, I think. Am I getting that right? Um, but my husband has climbed. Um, like we we climb Monroe's and mountains. Oh, he, lovely! He, he's done. That's another one of my loves too. Is going oh. up hills. <laughs> Amazing. So yes, he's climbed the Matterhorn, Mont Blanc, Elbrus, Aconcagua, and really? yeah, a few others in the Alps. So yeah, that's wow. his that's his picture of the uh, ridge that he climbed the Matterhorn with his friend. <gasps> So there you go. (laughs) So as I usually do, um, I offer the last word to my guest. Um, So, yeah, I've kind of, I suppose, summarised maybe what I've heard you talk about. But, you know, what would you like to leave people thinking about today, given your quotes or the things we've talked about? Um, I think maybe the most significant thing for me, for everybody, is just you're always going to be faced with days of darkness, but um, every one of them has cracks in them and that's where the light comes in so always always look for the opportunity to find the light and on that very beautiful note thank you for talking with me and i look forward to many more conversations yes definitely thank you jane you have been listening to the coffee and conversation podcast the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen my thanks again to my guest bianca peel and also to you for listening until the next time Take care.